she had a window into the whole wide world just through that one place. She learned to read the stars. She learned incredible amounts of information that allowed her to seek out freedom. Hello, wild ones. Welcome to the Black Girl Country Living podcast, where we explore nature as a way to connect to ourselves, community, and the living world. Join us each month as we explore a new theme with stories and interviews that center the perspectives and experiences of people of color. We are a collective on a journey to find healing in nature and discover how the outside can guide us inward. If you are ready, grab a cup of tea, take a deep breath to ground yourself in this moment, and let's rewild. Hello and welcome everyone to the February edition of Black Girl Country Living Podcast. Freedom is something that most of us take for granted, but we rarely stop to think about what it really means, where it comes from, and the many forms that it can take. This month, we are taking in lessons that nature has to teach us about freedom. The first stop is a letter I wrote to you all about a beloved tree that we lost and was set free in the process. We're going to travel down south to Georgia by way of a multi-generational farmer and hear how tending the land can set us free. And then a special guest will be joining me to dive deeper into Harriet Tubman's story, how she exemplified freedom and how the land showed her how to be free. Stick around to the end for an exciting update about rewilding experiences. And don't forget about the February BGCL Spotify playlist that is out now and filled with tracks that will make you dance, cry, and question what it means to be free. You can find the link in the show notes or by searching BGCL Vibes on Spotify. Let's start things off with my letter to you about a tree, loss, and the freedom that ensues. My dearest wild ones, I have been spending a lot of time under my favorite big leaf maple tree recently. She was one of two giants that graced our front yard and shaded my home. The two trees beautifully mirrored one another, looking like a single massive maple tree from the right angle. They held down the edge of the yard and served as a haven for the birds moving in and out of the forest behind our home. But now she stands alone after her twin became sick, ailing from a kind of tree fungus that showed up as dark spots on her trunk. She grew very few leaves last summer, and we could tell she was hurting. For weeks, I put off calling an arborist, not wanting to know if we would have to lose one or both of these wise sisters. When the arborist finally came, I held back tears as he broke the news that the larger of the two trees was infected. He pointed to a wound 15 feet up her trunk. Someone had cut into the tree to remove a limb instead of leaving a stump, preventing the tree from healing properly. I resented them for that. 
For weeks, I was devastated as I struggled to come to terms with the change. Months later, a team of eight men came back to take her down unceremoniously. One branch, one slice, one section at a time. But by then, I had time to mourn her, to be angry that she was sick and falling on the job of shading my home, to feel sad that she would no longer display the resting birds coming through our yard, to feel love in the way that she waved to welcome us home every time. The night before she was disassembled, I got out of bed in my pajamas to wish her off. The sky was crystal clear and freckled with thousands of stars and not even a breeze coming off the water. I walked down to her and put my arm around her waist like an old friend. I apologized for being distant and hoped that she would forgive me. Then I stood with her, trying to see the world from her perspective. How many sunsets, stars, and seasons had she witnessed? What did she know about this place that I would never know? Who else had loved her as much as I did? I can never know the answers, of course, but I admire her for never revealing more than necessary. I took a deep breath of the cool air we shared and felt a happiness for her next season of life, for her freedom to become, her freedom from my expectations, freedom from a lifetime of holding down the yard and holding up the birds. Now she would be free to transform and become without judgment, to go back to the earth, break into pieces, and return to the stars. What she could become was limitless, a level of freedom that I can only begin to imagine. Trees help us to connect and root down in the places that we live. They have so many lessons to teach us, and this is very much a part of kithship. Kithship reminds us that we are connected to places and that those places shape us. This month, we have a kith card from Bethany in Georgia telling us about her connection to a multi-generational farm. Hello, my name is Bethany Wilkinson, and I am from a place we call Cedar Wild, which is a one-acre homestead in rural middle Georgia on the traditional lands of the Muscogee Creek people. I feel most free when wandering around my homestead or around my parents' farm, which are about one and a half miles apart. It's not a careless freedom in that I feel very responsible for the loving stewardship of these places. However, like much of the South Georgia landscape, the red clay, the commanding oak trees, and the rolling hills of cattle farms all have this way of instilling me with a sense of spaciousness and possibility. Being on my homestead or on my parents' farm feels like home. It feels like the cells of my body have a remembrance of what these lands were like decades ago when my ancestors, both forcibly and in freedom, tended to these places. It feels like the comfort of family and connection. It also feels like the dedication of a hard day's work or the joy of summer play. It feels like being in a storied place. 
and like I get to be part of a story that began before me and will live long after me. Both of these places have taught me that true freedom comes with responsibility and hard work. Our relationships to places must be mutual and reciprocal. They've also taught me that in many ways, liberation and freedom begin with the land, as we are able to divest from systems of harm and extraction while cultivating a more beautiful way forward with others. Thanks so much to Bethany for her beautiful words about freedom and connection to the land. You can read more of Bethany's writing on her Substack and Instagram at A More Beautiful Way. On the topic of connection to the land, we have a new perspective on a well-known historical figure for our sacred story this month. I invited a friend to geek out with me about Harriet Tubman and her connection to the land. So let's get into it. This month, we have been talking about freedom and sacred stories is really about highlighting folks who interact with nature and bring us to a new understanding of of what it means to have a, a relationship with nature. Harriet Tubman is one of those people for me. And not because of what I learned about her growing up, but because of what I've learned about her through a good friend. And so I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring her on and chat a little bit about Harriet Tubman's story and hopefully arrive at a new understanding of what it means to be free. So welcome, Jocelyn. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and talk about her today. Any time I can spend talking about Minty, I'm down. Yes, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. So my name's Jocelyn Rice. I'm the founder of Black Earth United. It is a outdoor lifestyle and apparel brand. And I design product-based solutions that dismantle barriers in the outdoors. One of my signature products is a do-rag, really inspired by Harriet and her head wrap. So that's me. And we're going to talk all about how those two things connect in just a little bit. But I thought we could start with just some highlights of Harriet's life. You mentioned you called her Minty and that was her birth name. What was her full name? Araminta Ross. What are some of the highlights that, that stand out for you about her legacy and her life? It's really hard to pick a standout because she is just everything about her is really fascinating for multiple reasons because one her story is being told by others because she couldn't read or write so we don't have anything that she put down or spoke on her own so I would say there's two parts of her who she is that have been kind of obsessed with lately all of her her life of the underground railroad she was in her 20s so she spent her the bulk of her life working for other people and ensuring that her people are safe and free. And she died in poverty. From what we're told, she was always just so grateful and and happy that she could liberate people. And I think the reason I've been thinking about that a lot lately is the decision I made that I know you've made too, is to kind of leave the comfort. I mean, clearly I'm drawing the connections, not that there's a poverty situation, but that I left the comforts of a corporate environment 
to go and try something that doesn't have the same level of insurance for me or my family because I believe in this thing that I'm trying to do and that money just isn't for me, isn't the end all be all. And for her, it wasn't either. It was doing this work. It was helping people. It was bringing her people. And she also knew that there was work to be done post us being freed. Like there were so many people that stopped working. There were so many people that said, we're done. The slaves are free. So they good to go. And she then transitioned to the next part of her life of being an abolitionist and didn't stop. And so I think that's really powerful is that she knew the next step she needed to take. So that I love about her. And she was a person that had disabilities. And though she was not born with them, they happened fairly early in her life. And that's an important, important part of her identity that we do not speak about in the terms of its disability, because it was. She had fainting spells. She would black out. She, She had things that she couldn't do because of that accident that happened. And we don't talk, we talk about her in an ableist way. And I'm really interested in that part of her identity right now. Yeah, that's so interesting and so true. That was part of her story I w- actually wasn't familiar with until I started doing some more digging and learning. And something you said about all of these phases of her life, she never stopped. She lived until to be pretty old and she had all of these big seasons of her life, like being An enslaved person was just a very small section of her life, but it inspired all of this work that she did and getting to learn about the way that she was interacting with nature at such a young age, setting traps in the swamps, out logging with her dad in a forest, out at the docks, helping mariners load and unload. And each place she was at, she was absorbing all kinds of knowledge and information about the world. And in particular, I think about her at the docks with these mariners who got to sail around the world. And so she had a window into the whole wide world just through that one place. She learned to read the stars from these people. She learned incredible amounts of information that allowed her to seek out freedom that probably emboldened her sense of wanting to be free. Such an amazing person. Is there a point at which you caught on to her story and became really interested in wanting to know more? I don't know when the moment was. She's an incredible person. And so to continue to tell somebody's story that way is an an honor. And to tell it in a way I think that is representative of her as a full person. Um, I've been talking a lot about that with the women in my life, particularly Black women in my life, of how we're not seen as whole people. And there's so much to us, but we're kind of put in these particular buckets and being able to guide people to see her in all of her greatness and in some of her failures too. I think it's important for us to know that none of us are perfect people and neither was she, but look at all the things that she did being just a human, being Harriet, you know? Yeah. She had two divorces. Was she not able to have children? I'm not certain about that. I mean, she adopted a child when she had moved back to New York and bought her home. But there's so little on why that decision was made or what it was, which I also find super interesting. Like, yeah, why is that not a part of her story? Who is this child? Yeah. And I think that part of it of like, these are everyday matters that made her a very normal person. And because there's very little we do know directly from this person. 
there's so much that's that's conflicting that we don't know what the true story is. We don't know the absolute truth of how many people she saved, nor do we necessarily need to know those absolute truths. And I'm just curious about your thoughts on the importance of lore and being able to have sort of a sense of wonder about who she was. <laughs> well, I'm a mother, and so I live in fantasy all the time. We make up stories. We tell stories to each other. It's such an important part of at the Black community as well, of just storytelling and sharing for so many years. And song, like we weren't able to write things down. We had to just tell stories. And so it's an important part of our culture to do that. And the dreaming aspect of it or the, the imagining of how grand this person is and can be and the things that she was able to accomplish that are all that are like almost otherworldly mm -hmm. we need those stories especially now it's a it's a survival tool mm -hmm. i think being able to just radically imagine and not have boundaries in that way i think is really really important to our liberation from the world that we're living in right now that was beautiful that was so beautiful yeah, I I love that idea. And just being able to be okay with not knowing, I think is important. I think, especially as I've gone through this rewilding experience, going from working in a tech industry that's so obsessed with having everything known, knowing everything, and to being in a place of like, I don't have to know everything. It's okay to have a sense of wonder and believe that there's some magic that is just impossible for us to know. And I think Harriet's story absolutely represents that. We won't know and that's okay. And that's what makes this story absolutely beautiful and important. I love that. I mean, the idea of like being okay that there just isn't closure or being okay yeah. with, yeah, the unknown is, is, is a radical act nowadays. So I appreciate mm. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the work you do in design and how Harriet's story connects to these beautiful clothing pieces that you are designing. Sure. Um, I create these bespoke coveralls and I use them in workshops. I use them pop-ups and they are a way for us to connect with our clothing in a different way. Joseph K. Bowler is another person who I'm like currently obsessed with. And he was a preacher from the Annabellum South and he designed what's called a Jim Crow traveling kit. And it mm -hmm. consisted of a pair of coveralls and then any things we would take camping. Like we would think this is camping gear. He used it to survive in the world as a black man. And so I find old coveralls from auto mechanic shops like he did or hardware stores, online used items that have holes in them. They've had a life before they met me and came to my home. I bless them because I don't know who was in them before. <laughs> Get rid of whatever. I don't know who had that. And then I will start telling stories on them. And I started, so answer to your question, I started with Harriet's story. It was the first story I ever told on one of my garments was Harriet's. And as I learned about her and was drawing, I was like, oh my God, it just kept like, it kept coming and coming and coming me. And I wanted that for other people. I think that creativity and design is something that can connect all of us. We're all designers. We're all creatives. We just need the opportunity. And so through these workshops and through my clothes, I'm hoping that that gives people that joy and opportunity to connect 
with one another, to connect with a historical Black figure, Black outdoor history or Black history is American history. We hear that saying all the time and it's true. I love that so, so much. We live in a time and place with fast fashion. We just kind of think of clothes as throwaway. It has no story. There's no real intention behind it besides like we just want to look a certain way and make sure it it fits for whatever season we're in. And what I love about what you're doing is it really forced me to pause and think about, well, if there's a whole story sewn into this piece of clothing or designed onto this piece of clothing, what does that mean for everything else that I'm wearing? And does it mean that that could serve a purpose? And does it mean that you know, there's something deeper in these stories that I'm not quite understanding. Fashion is an extraction tool from communities and from Mother Earth. And we put these clothes on every single day. So how can I, someone who, who was a part of it for a really long time, someone who does have a ridiculous closet and really does like fashion and design, how can I kind of do a little karma correction, maybe a little bit for all of that that I've done over the years? And this is just one way that I feel like I can share that with other people and allow them to um, to connect and bring people together. As we wrap up, I'm wondering if you could just share maybe one way that Harriet's story, your relationship with Harriet, allows you to feel free. Oh, wow. I mean, to be an enslaved person and to risk what she risked every single day, like it almost like it does like make me want to cry because I think to be that strong as a person and do it day in and day out for such a huge part of her life is such a powerful thing. She just wanted to live. She just wanted to sew her quilt. She just wanted to grow her food. She just wanted to to exist with dignity. And and what you have to risk to 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 want to do that just for yourself is one thing. But then to do it again and again and again and again for people. And then to reinvent yourself, to continue to do that is the most powerful thing to me. Like that is freedom. Like to to be able to live fearlessly like that, that is freedom. So that's how she impacts me and inspires me. I I guess that was your question. I got lost in the dreaming. No. Oh, that's so beautiful. What you said about fearlessness, for me, that's what stands out because the amount of audacity it takes to like step out of of being this enslaved person to believe that she could embody a free person and then step back and forth between those worlds so many times and embolden other people to believe that they could be free. And by the way, like there were lots of people who didn't believe that they could be free, her husband. And that was the reason why she got divorced because he did not believe he could be free. And so I think it takes a lot of courage to help other people believe that for themselves. Thank you so much for sharing your Harriet wisdom with me. This has been so fun. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to give her some life today.
Thank you so much to Jocelyn for coming and chatting with me about Harriet Tubman and the lesser known history of her life. If you want to know more details about Harriet, be sure to check out the latest edition of Black Girl Country Living Magazine. Link is in the show notes. Before we wrap up today, I have some exciting news about rewilding experiences. So if you've been reading the magazine or podcast for a while or following along my journey on Instagram, you know that I've had this dream to create in-person live experiences to help people rewild, to help folks connect to themselves, to community, and to this living world. That dream finally has been brought into this world through the help of this incredible community and through the support of an incubator program I'm participating in through REI. I've designed two BIPOC cabin yoga and sound bath events here in the Pacific Northwest. And this weekend was the first of the two experiences, and it was amazing, y'all. I have to first just share my gratitude for the initial response to the events. I was just not even ready or prepared. (laughs) The February event sold out in two days. And the March event sold out in two weeks, and I am so grateful. This past weekend, I was joined by a rewilding guide to guide us through some beautiful, luxurious yoga and sound. We had a cabin packed, literally packed, with BIPOC folks just soaking in some nourishing movement and restorative sounds together. It was restful, peaceful. We were all sipping teas that were provided by Miro Tea, my favorite tea spot in Seattle, and sipping out of ceramic mugs that I brought from my own personal and sacred collection of mugs from home. Everyone got a journal. We spent some time writing about our intentions sharing a little bit about ourselves, and everyone went home with a bundle of sage from my garden. It was beautiful, and um, I was truly overwhelmed. (laughs) And by that, I mean I cried. And if you know me, that is not a surprise. Everything makes me cry. But it was incredible to watch a room of strangers transform. Um, in the period of just two hours to invite people to reach out to one another, to feel okay talking to one another. And especially here in the Pacific Northwest, that can be challenging. Um, But to also go within themselves to find some connection. And I watched all of that happen. And it was everything that I have dreamed about. I'm just grateful that I got to hold that kind of space. I'm grateful for everyone who showed up, for everyone who messaged me and said they wish they could have come, everyone who wanted to buy a ticket who wasn't able to. I hope to continue to design rewilding experiences because I know that there's a deep need, a desire for this kind of connection and healing and more details to come when that happens. Stay tuned. All right, y'all, that is it for this freedom edition of the Black Girl Country Living podcast. If you want to keep up with the latest Black Girl Country Living experiences, both 
online and in person. Subscribe to the monthly magazine on Substack. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe and rate the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out the monthly BGCL playlist curated by our very own in-house DJ, my husband, Udi Chima. They are wonderful playlists and hopefully they inspire you to go a little bit deeper on the theme of the month. All right, my wild ones, take care, be kind, and we will talk soon.